Food Heals Podcast, episode 219. Some days I think entrepreneurship will make you feel utterly crazy, uh, schizophrenic. About a year ago, I read an article. One was being the CEO is the loneliest job. And Uh two, are you clinically depressed or just an entrepreneur? (laughs) Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. As we all struggle to maintain balance in life, we often forget to slow down and to appreciate the journey. Embrace life, dream big, accept all invitations. That's the slogan on the back of every bottle of wine that today's guest makes with the hopes of reminding people to never stop pursuing their passions, celebrating the everyday, and appreciating life's gifts. Her goal is all about trying to maintain a champagne state of mind. Roll Jay-Z. I'm so excited to have creator of Le Grand Cortage, Tanya Faulkner, on the show today. But first, Food Heals Nation, just some quick announcements and reminders. I've gotten some emails that I wanted to address this week. Um, First of all, don't forget that our discount code at the Global Healing Center has changed. It's no longer Food Heals. It's Food Heals 17. So it's one of our favorite places um, to get vitamins and supplements and face creams. I love their Parfait Visage. That is one of the best face creams I've ever used. It's just so creamy and delicious. And I always give it at gifts at holidays because it comes in a really nice bottle. Um, The Oxy Powder, that is what I swear by um, when I need to get everything moving in a good way. And they have multiple bottle sizes. So if you just want to give it a try, there's a $10 bottle. And then if you want to go all in, there's a $40 bottle. But Food Heals 17 will get you 20% off and free shipping of anything you want to buy. They have their vegan enzymes. They have their B12, the Aqua Spirit Refreshing Spray. These are all things that I buy on a regular basis. And we love the Global Healing Center. You know, we appreciate who they are, where they come from. We know that their products are well sourced. And so they're just a trusted source to get your vitamins from. So Food Heal 17 is the discount code. Please don't put it on a coupon site. That's why they had to change it because someone put it on a coupon site. So we want to keep this private to Food Heals Nation listeners only because it's made specially for us. So the next announcement is about Punta Mita, Mexico. Yes, we are doing a retreat in Mexico as well as Italy. Dates for Mexico haven't been set yet. I'm currently working on that. And as soon as I have dates, Food Heals Nation, you'll be the first to know because you know that I won't stop talking about it. But it will be at the Four Seasons. Putamita in 2019, most likely in the later winter, earlier spring. Um, so if you want to be the first to know when we're going to Punamina, Mexico, it's going to be very different from the Italy retreat. Um, so we will talk about both. And if you have any questions about them, feel free to email me. But it's luxury accommodations. We'll do mud baths. We'll relax. There's an infinity pool. There's an infinity pool in Italy too. So you will get a pool no matter where you go. Um, we're going to do tequila tasting, stand-up paddle boarding, meditation, yoga. You know, it's very luxury. And we pretty much stay on the property the whole time. We will leave um, to go into town probably once. All the restaurants do have vegan options. And Leslie Durso is actually the vegan chef in Punta Mita. She's our co-host today. So she actually creates these delicious menus. And the food is to die for. You can go to my Instagram at Allison Melody TV and see uh, I posted so much of the food because it was so delicious when we were there. So that's coming up. You can get on the waiting list at foodhealsnation.com slash Mexico, or if you go to foodhealsnation.com, just click on Mexico retreat. Italy, we have a bunch of people signed up. I'm so excited. If you want to come, this one is officially June 15th to June 22nd, 2019. I can't say enough about how incredible this trip was. You can always go back to our Italian episode where all of the ladies actually got to talk a little bit about their experience there. And it's just the most incredible experience I've ever had in terms of a retreat, in terms of a vacation, um, just so much bonding. And we are very active at that on that retreat. So we are in town every day, going to different islands, on boats, different dinners every night. Um, it's on the Amalfi Coast in Ravello. It's just 
gorgeous. I mean, your Instagram, you'll blow up with pictures because all we did was just take stunning pictures and, you know, wear pretty dresses to go out, eat good quality vegan food, drink amazing wine, have bonding moments. We read these tarot cards every night. I mean, it was just quite an incredible experience. We took a boat ride out to Capri, spent the day there. There's just so much to do there. So if you want to come to that, sign up sooner rather than later, because what happens is the price goes up and that's because we have to spend more time marketing it. So if you get in now, you can get in before the price goes up. We are currently at the lowest price right now. So just email me info at foodhealsnation.com to get all the details. You can download our beautiful brochure at foodhealsnation.com slash Italy, or you can go to foodhealsnation.com and just click on Italy retreat and it'll all come up and you'll get on the mailing list and you'll get all the information as we go. So as we make plans, you will be in the know. So if you want to be in the know, just sign up for Mexico and or Italy. You can come to both. I'll be at both. (laughs) And the final announcement before we get to our show with Tanya and Leslie is don't forget Food Heals Nation that energy healer Lisa Thomas has given us two incredible gifts. The first is a free healing meditation to really release your money blocks, accept more abundance into your life. Plus, she's offering $100 off a DNA healing session. This can be done in person in Los Angeles or over the phone from wherever you live. If you haven't listened to episode 115 with Lisa, make sure you go back and check it out. We talked all about releasing inherited emotional blocks, healing your money mindset, and manifesting your dreams and desires. She's incredible. She's my therapist. I go see Lisa all the time now. She's become a regular in my life, and I hope she'll become a regular in your life too. So get all the goods at www.foodhealsnation.com slash Lisa. Don't forget you have to use www or the redirect doesn't always work, Um, but you can get your free healing meditation about releasing inherited money beliefs for free today and just say food heals to get $100 off your healing session. Next up, our interview with Tanya. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. She's the sunshiny vegan chef you all know from multiple episodes of the Food Heals podcast who doesn't sacrifice style for sustainability, and she's currently the vegan chef at the Four Seasons in beautiful Punta Mita, Mexico. Please welcome today's co-host, Leslie Durso. Hi, guys. And Leslie kindly introduced us to today's guest. She is the proprietor of the French sparkling wine company, Le Grand Cortage, who believes food and wine are the great common denominator of all people and all cultures. Her goal was to create a wine that celebrates life's simple moments and offers an affordable luxury to elevate the everyday. I think she succeeded. Please welcome Tanya to the show. Thank you. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thank you for having us. Cheers. So let's do a little tasting. What are we drinking, Tanya? We are drinking our new rosé from the south of France called Très Chic uh, Rosé. And this is a blend of Grenache and Cinso. And it's intended to just be crisp, light, refreshing, and something to celebrate the everyday. That is exactly what it's doing (laughs) to me right now. It is so good. And I'll back up by saying that I met Tanya quite a few years ago. I tasted her wine in an event. And I first walked up. I was like, oh, is it vegan? And she goes, yes. And I go, okay, great. I'd love to taste it. And I was like, holy carrots. That is some <laughs> of the best. Spar- this was just when you had the sparkling mm-hmm. wines, the um, yep. the rosé and the brute sparkling wines. And I was like, this is some of the best sparkles I've ever had. I mean, it's Thank delicious. You. And then she came out with this rosé that is out of this world. Yeah, thank you. So, we need more of you in my life. <laughs> for so long. And so I'm so happy that I get to be the co-host on the day that you're here. Yeah, it's so fun. Thank you, ladies. We're the it's blonde really brigade. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, well, blondes do have more fun. And so tell us a little bit about Le Grand Cortage and the history behind it. You know, like, I'm so grateful because Leslie has brought this to the podcast table for years now. My very first podcast I brought some. Yes. And I've brought some to almost everyone since. So you are creating super fans who are creating other super fans. So something's working. So tell us more about the company. So I was living in LA, or actually, I'm sorry, San Francisco. I was living here, went to UCLA, then I had uh, ventured up to San Francisco for a few years. And I did real estate development and architecture for many years and basically a lot of urban planning, urban renewal. And San Francisco, so food and wine centric, of course. And I'd look around and I was like, yeah, the French wines are so traditional. No, domain the chateau that. And 
you know, people say, well, why didn't you just go to Napa? But ultimately, I saw this gap on price, palette, and packaging, and I thought, you know, if I could make an affordable everyday bubbles that kind of celebrates the everyday, it's not this luxury special occasion, I, weddings, New Year's, I got a raise, that it would give us an opportunity to stand out. So I put together a business plan, and um, I guess seven years ago now, I took the leap, moved to France to convince somebody to work with me, and lived in Burgundy for a few years while I was developing everything. And as you were mentioning a few moments ago, food and wine are that great common denominator. You know, rich, poor, all people, all cultures, it's what brings people together. And I think with technology and our obsession to be connected, we've lost so much sense of connection. And so it's nice to really be part of the best part of people's day. It's like, you know, have 15 minutes at the end of the day it's like stop and you know some me time connect with your husband your significant other the kids are asleep whatever and so it's really intended to just be that affordable everyday luxury that helps us like kind of come back to center and remember what's important and you said affordable like three times in that in that yeah. <laughs> but I, but I have to tell you flash. <laughs> it is affordable but i have served this to some of the snobbiest wine drinkers i've ever met snobby in a good way if you're out there and watching snobby in a good way we love our wine snobs just people that really know good wine and they have all flipped over this just like i did when i first tasted it because it's just delicious and it's Mm -hmm. amazing that you can do it at such an affordable price like it it tastes like it should be triple the price it really does well and that's where i think if you can over deliver and ultimately give that perception of exceptional price to value ratio. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, okay, and we've been fortunate whether it's the aspirational, you know, just out of college, 22, 23, and they don't have a lot of disposable income. They're like, okay, it's, you know, we're watching Scandal with the girls and hanging out and it's very accessible. But then conversely, you know, some of the top hotels like Four Seasons, Ritz, mm-hmm. um, Kimpton, things like that, or country clubs, we do extremely well in. And so I really set out to create something that has that universal appeal. And with my design background, really I I mentioned the gap on price pellet packaging well what's amazing 70% of wine is bought off of label and packaging alone and you know people taste with their eyes so the first thing is like you need to stand out visually to grab people's attention mm-hmm. and then if it tastes good and it's a you know, great price and has awards then they're going to keep rebuying it and so and I think that things don't have to be expensive to you know, help celebrate that every day and kind of come back. And I think with champagne, it's this 50, 60 plus dollars. I'm like, I don't want to be drank once or twice a year. I want to be drank, you know, weekly or monthly at least, right? <laughs> but you know, you, you, to that point, your packaging is so beautiful. It looks like a very expensive yep. bottle of wine. And I love that you do these little minis, the little splits. And it is, I mean, each one says embrace life, dream big, accept all invitations. And I just, I, I love that. I, there's so many details on this bottle that I just think are beautiful. Thank you. And I just gave two of these minis to a friend of mine who just moved into my building. And so I was like, here a little housewarming on the day that you move in. Aww. Here's two ice cold little splits, you know, that way they can celebrate their new place mm-hmm. without having to think about what box was the wine in that we <laughs> that we packed. So they're just they're so cute, they're so convenient, they're so great for a party. Allison's been to many of my parties where I've yes. been serving these and they're just they're so fun. And this new rose I love. It's called Tres Chic, and I can't believe there wasn't something called Tres Chic already. I, and what does that mean? Very stylish, very fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> Though it's funny because being in California with such a Hispanic population, somebody said, oh, is it Tres Chicks? And <laughs> so I was like, Three Chicks is funny too, sure, right? that's kind of funny. That's us. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. So I was like, that's more of like just a, a fun, playful approach, and so it's okay. And we yeah, have similar approach with the Trey Chic. It's like something that really resonates. And, uh, you know, Mirabelle and Whispering Angel are really the top rosés. And it's like the, all of our wines are priced to be that 16 17 $18 for the large format. So, you know, something that you really don't feel bad about. Um, and I have to tell you, I enjoy this just as much, if not more, more than those brands that you just mentioned. I love this wine. It's, I really love it's it. It's so um, nerve-wracking when you create. And you guys are obviously creatives at the core, and you create a vision in your head, and whether it's your, you know, the retreat that you did in Italy or things like that, and it's, you create these 
concepts. You're like, is it going to resonate? Are people going to like it? Does it actually execute as you imagine? And we just launched about five, six weeks ago with the Trey Chic. And it's been fun because we've gotten some great critical accolades, like 94 points and best of show. But it's wait, so wait, wait. nerve-wracking. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> 94 <laughs> points? I didn't even know that. Congratulations. So, cheers. Guys, if you don't know, that is Huge. I didn't it's know. Huge. Very few wines will ever get over ninety, over eighty-five points, let alone ninety-four. So That's I was like, amazing. "Thank God," because it's so, you. It's like, oh, people are gonna like the package, the you know, the visually what it looks like, what it tastes like, because yeah, you know, it's like you don't know what your palate is compared to others. And I was re- watching a piece of somebody in the beverage industry today, and it's like wine gets so geeky, and it's such a turnoff sometimes, and it's hard to create something that appeals to the psalms and the critics and stuff out there, but yet is going to resonate with the everyday consumer. And I think that sometimes the geeky psalms that we were sort of joking about earlier, it's like you love them and they really have elevated the industry, but sometimes it just makes it so unapproachable. And when, you know, we've seen you at LA Food and Wine or Pebble and stuff, and it's like, oh... I don't know anything about bubbles or I don't know. It's like, it's okay. Do you like it or not? Like you don't have to know everything. And I think it's so important um, with both food and wine to bring more people in the fold and, you know, with vegan too, right? You know, where you just, you don't know, like, what does that mean? What does it stand for? Like, what are the rules? And it's like, you know what, just make it accessible so that people, it's like baby steps, right? And Yeah. um, yeah, that's something that people can try on and then like go a little bit further and deeper into exploring wine or food or things like that so well I've always seen food and wine as a way to bring people together to bring people to a table and I appreciate that and I love that because it's a really easy way especially if you're an introvert or you're um, in a place where you don't know Mm -hmm. how to meet people it's like food wine these are things bring a dish to a party Mm -hmm. or have a party, bring people together through all of these things. And so I'm now always looking for things that will impress people, but are also in alignment with my values. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, I have the vegan cheese plate from Yvonne's and Miyoko's and all the things. And people come over to my house and they have no idea it's vegan or they're like, this is the best thing I ever had. Like, where did you get it? And I just tell them and I'm like, oh, it just happens to be plant-based. And with wine, one of the things that I didn't realize, and with alcohol in general, is that you think all beer, wine, alcohol, you know, spirits are vegan, because why Mm -hmm. wouldn't they be? Right? Wine is supposed to be grapes. Yeah. (laughs) That's what what they tell you. And they're all supposed to be gluten-free. First of all, a lot of alcohol is not gluten-free, and a lot of alcohol is not vegan. And so when I'm on this health quest, and I'm trying to work on my health, but still enjoy my life, I'm like, well... I am going to be as healthy as I can, but I'm still at a place where I want to drink and celebrate, but I want to drink the healthiest drink possible. So when I'm growing up, I was like, all I wanted to do was buy Kate Spade. Rest her soul. I love Kate Spade. But this is my Kate Spade now. The fact that all of these things are beautiful, affordable, and vegan. That is my new aspire to be. And I want to help other people get there because instead of buying the two-buck chuck at Trader Joe's, I can buy this, impress people by the taste, and also say, by the way, did you know that this is a little bit healthier because of the fact that the Mm -hmm. way that it is processed? So can you guys tell me a little bit about like the way that alcohol is processed sometimes and how this is processed better? Ultimately, in the fining or the um, clarification stage, which is basically filtration for in very simple terms, many wines will use egg whites for their fining. They'll use isinglass, which is basically dried fish gut bladders and they'll Gross, it's the a collagen that they strain it through and i don't know who in the world ever created that idea it's, <laughs> beyond me. Like, it's like hmm fish, fish gut bladders. <laughs> so yeah. it's like such a perfect finding agent and so you'll see that or gelatin um and so it's surprising you know how that ever developed because you know i too before being in the industry thought it was just like it's grapes and they filter through like you do at home through a strainer or something, yeah. but they end up using that. And so we, in our production process, uh, do not use any of that. So you know, a lot of people have no idea that it even exists, And but it's nice that you can make as pure as possible, ultimately. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much <laughs> for making such a delicious wine that is also vegan. <laughs> Hey, and it's only 100 calories a glass. Oh, well, cheers, cheers to, to that. that. 
<laughs> okay, I'm fully admitting that this is going to be an infomercial for Le Grand Cortage the whole time, but that's because we're obsessed with Tanya and obsessed with what you've created. And so I'm also really interested in your entrepreneurial journey. So how did you get into this? You know, it's not every day that someone wakes up and says, I'm going to start this company and it's going to be organic, sustainable, and delicious. So how'd you do it? When I was living in San Francisco, I had gone to a champagne tasting that at this top uh, retailer in the city. And I think it was like $175 a ticket. And it was all the top champagnes. And I was like, you know, some of these I just don't like so much. They're so yeasty, that bracing acidity, just a little much where it's almost chewy, like really good champagnes. They're so bone dry that it kind of sits on your palate and you really need food to complement it. And I was like, does everyone else feel this way? And so I started asking some of the friends that were there and they're like, yeah. And we fast forward a few weeks ago, we did monthly wine tastings at our house. And it's like, oh, it was Viennier's or whatever. And you'd say, just you know, bring bottles. And so all of our friends would taste. We ended up doing a bubbles tasting. It was supposed to be under $25. Well, of course, people bought expensive champagnes. And this happens every time, by the way. Every time I've ever done a wine tasting at my house or like bring a bottle and then we'll all taste it, they always bring over $40. Yeah. <laughs> so, or you do a white elephant gift. It's $25. And they're like, I spent 50 And you're like, okay. <laughs> like everyone wants your gift, right? You're yeah, the star yeah. of the show. But what surprised me is when we would do these tastings, 90% of the time, the cheapest wine would win. And I thought it was kind of that epiphany. And it's like, you know what? Things don't have to be expensive. And there's all these studies about the psychology of price and all the things that factor in. And so it's sort of my aha moment that this no-named French sparkler that was terribly packaged and it's like, it was the favorite and it was a lot of friends and, you know, San Francisco is very geeky from food and wine and it was a lot of, you know, no one that had children and so they spend a lot of wine because they don't have kids in school to worry yeah, about and stuff. Right, like and, right exactly. <laughs> and so um, it was kind of that takeaway moment. It's like, hmm, you know, I love bubbles and I just saw that this, this shift in the category and sort of going back a ways, I was uh, grew up in a three-street town, um, 400 people, and yeah, really didn't have money. It was farm community. and But at the end of the day, it was the Sunday dinners, backyard barbecues, and what brought people together. And Aww. growing up in such a small town made me really desirous of seeing the world. And the more and more I've traveled, and I think it's you know 43 countries or something at this point, wow. you realize that whether it's rice wine in Vietnam or whatever, it's it really is the one thing that brings people together. And I thought, you know, if you can create those moments and just like like step off the the uh, craziness, it's so nice. And you know, really, it came down to. I had a great career. Um, I remember the day that I, I pulled my family together. I was like, so can everyone get together tonight? And they're like, what are you going to tell us? And I was like. I'm moving out of the country and I'm starting a new business. And they're like, what? Like, you have a great career. And it's like, you know what? If it fails, you can always come back to what you were doing before. But rather than wait till you're retired and, you know, who knows if you ever make it to that stage, if you have the money, you have the health. Like, let's do it now because who doesn't love the prospect of moving to Europe and living in France or Italy or Spain and making wine? And so it was, uh, you know, an amazing journey. And the name Le Grand Cortage actually means the great courtship. And it's a little bit my story as an American where working with the French, the blending of grapes from different regions, and sort of that old and new world coming together. That is so beautiful. And we keep saying bubbles. And so I want to be clear for everyone that it's because it can't be called champagne because it's not made in the champagne region. Correct. Are you, what region are you making in? We uh, make in Burgundy in Nuit St. George, which many would argue is the best uh, region of the world for wine. Um, and, but I say we don't have the champagne price tag either. Yes. But for the public, um, all champagne is sparkling wine, but not all sparkling wine is champagne. Essentially, there's this tiny region in Champagne just outside of Paris that if you don't fall within that region, even if you're one foot outside, you legally have to call yourself, quote unquote, sparkling wine. And so whether it's made in California, Italy, Germany, it's all technically sparkling wine, mm-hmm. even if it's the same exact production method. Mm-hmm. The one nice thing is um, in Champagne, there's only three grapes that you can use. It's uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Menuet, which I never say pro- properly. <laughs> and um, with producing in Burgundy, it gave me a little bit more artistic license to create a style profile because at the end of the day, Americans have a sweeter palate than Europeans and females have a sweeter palate 
than men. And frankly, when you look at Asian, African-American, Hispanic, they tend to be a little bit lighter, sweeter wines. And as you two can attest, it's not that it's a sweet wine, but it just has a nice fruit floral on the finish because I really wanted to make something that's really cuisine and cocktail friendly. And I joke that bubbles are the only thing that go from breakfast to dessert and are socially acceptable before noon. They totally do. I've never thought about this, but you're right. I went out there for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. (laughs) And and before noon, you're not considered an alcoholic now. (laughs) That's true. Well, good thing it's afternoon right now because we're drinking rosé. But I love that. That's That's such a fantastic way of thinking about it it's a versatility and just like acid is such a great complement for food and that balance point the same thing exists in alcohol so why bubbles you know many psalms will say that bubbles are actually the most versatile of wine from a food pairing standpoint if you say like, like oh if uh your desert island wine most would say oh it's champagne and um even though this isn't you know technically champagne it just has that tremendous versatility and i love experimenting like really my favorite pairings are like fried chicken, spicy Asian, potato chips, things that don't, people don't think about like seafood or oysters or, you know, things like that. It's like, no, it's actually some of the fun things or just, you know, obviously food, um, or sorry, food. <laughs> Cheese is such a nice compliment, but there's so many opportunities to um, just experiment with, you know, greasy, fatty, fried, spicy. For and, sure. Mm-hmm. I think fatty and spicy um, bubbles are perfect mm-hmm. with it. I always say, like, if you're doing any Asian food or Indian food, the best thing to pair it with is either sparkling wine yeah. or with beer because it just, mm-hmm. it refreshes and it cuts and it pairs so much mm-hmm. nicer than wine or a heavy, a hard mm-hmm. alcohol. I love that. And you mentioned, too, that your wine was sweet. It's not that it's sweet. It's that it doesn't have that super dry that we associate mm-hmm. with champagne all yeah. the time it is so palatable it's so easy to drink and that's what i love about it it's not i would never call this a sweet wine i would just call it a very easy to drink wine. well in, in the u.s people tra- talk dry but drink sweet as a general rule and they don't realize like the big heavy reds that have 16 percent alcohol they have really high sugar contents mm-hmm. but you know the average like the, you know a man in texas that's drinking this big old cab he's like i don't drink sweet wine you're like well technically it is comparatively and and i think that's where sometimes it's the terminology and the verbiage it's Mm -hmm. like people just don't know and so it's nice to just educate and that's why i love doing like the food and wine events because you can educate in a different way and it's like oh you're eating this like try this and it's like you can kind of blow their mind with the compliments because i love wine on its own and of all sorts but so often, like food is such a great compliment. And of course, you guys, that's what you live for is, is uh, for sure. food, the wine. And it's like how each can complement each other. Well, we were talking about bringing this next time on our vegan food heels Italian getaway, which Leslie and I have partnered on with Suzy to basically bring the Italian lifestyle to the U.S., but you have to come with us on the trip. And so this is something that could be paired with many of the vegan meals Mm -hmm. that we're eating, Mm -hmm. many of the Italian meals that we're eating. And I can literally picture which ones I would have the rosé with, which ones I would have the champagne with, and then which ones I would have, you know, the Italian red wine with. Oh, the brew (laughs) bubbles with the pizza fritti? Done. Oh, my God. Yeah. Done and done. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Now now we're talking about a collaboration of maybe an Italy and France trip. I know. Okay. Let us know in the comments if you're interested in not going. In 2019, we're planning on doing Italy again, but let us know in the comments if you're interested in maybe tacking on Let's go maybe, to France. Maybe. In, in Burgundy, um, France, which is a region I've always wanted to go to. I have not been. I've been to a lot of the wine tasting regions of France, but I am obsessed with white Burgundy. I think mm. it's one of the most incredible things in the universe. So I would love to go to this region. So let's talk more about that. We will. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. We'll get that all planned out for you guys. So we all know how obsessed I am with your bubbles, the the rosé and the brut. So what made you go into wine and what made you go into rosé as opposed to doing a white or a red? Mm -hmm. When I was looking at, you know, the sort of the white space, if you will, and I was living in San Francisco and did the wine tastings that we were referring to earlier, I really saw this gap and, you know, I I mentioned the price palette packaging, but as I look around, I started to notice like people are starting to drink bubbles more and recognizing a little bit the versatility versus you go to France and it's like the aperitif and they really do drink bubbles almost daily and it's sort of the start or end of a meal. Yeah. And so back then, sparkling (laughs) and rubbles, um, sparkling was growing at double the rate of still wine 
seven years ago when I took the leap. It's now growing five times faster than still wine as wow. a category. Wow. So it's just on fire and Prosecco's helped to fuel that. And I say that Prosecco's kind of baby champagne drinkers because it is, it's very affordable. It's lighter. It's a little bit sweet. It's not sweet, but it's mm-hmm. a little bit sweeter. And so I say it's the great entree to ultimately, you know, coming into the bubbles category. But it's like I really saw this opportunity because in the U.S. we haven't actually embraced it as, you know, such a versatile wine. But then when I started looking at rosé specifically, it too is on fire. I mean, it's growing like 70% a year almost. And finally, people are realizing like, it's not just white Zinfandel. And bubbles are still, you know, while they're on fire, that it is very much a back-ended focused category where 60% of our sales happen in the last eight weeks of the year. So it's crazy stressful when it's like, all right, you've got a fiscal year in of 1231 and you now are trying to like make sure you hit sales projections. And so I think, you know, one to balance our portfolio, it made logical sense to bring on something else. And frankly, there are so many white and red wine suppliers. And while there's been a huge influx of rosé suppliers in recent years, that south of France, you know, definitely is what resonates with a lot of consumers. And so I thought, again, if we could bring in something that's very approachable, has that affordable price point, that it would do well against a lot of the competition. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, bubbles are great all year long. Rosé, I think, is great all year long. But it was, you know, balancing portfolio a little bit. And it was just thinking about where that opportunity lies. Because at the end of the day, when you're building a business, you want to not fight the trends. You want to look at where the opportunity ultimately lies so that you can build something that's really successful too. Rosé all day. <laughs> that's what I say. Well, no, now all it's night, bubbles right? all day. <laughs> now that we know bubbles are breakfast, brunch, lunch, lunch, lunch <laughs> dinner, and dessert. Bubbles are breakfast. I was trying to think of our hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you are this fierce female entrepreneur. You have built a business. Can you talk about, like, I know that you're a fan of how this community is built by food and wine bringing people together. And you're also mm-hmm. a fan of motivating people and, like, let's do this. Let's not be held back. Like, what are some, you have some good quotes, so I'm trying not to repeat your quotes. (laughs) So I'm trying to, like, give you the space to tell us what you're all about. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because, of course, the outside world is like, oh, you own a champagne company. Of course, that's perception. Which sounds so glamorous. So glamorous. And little do they know that you're you're slinging cases much of the day and, like, you know, the crazy uh, travel schedules. But at the end of the day, when I sort of like take a step back and think about this journey, like we're quite large. We just hit 45,000 cases, which to put in context, 90% of all wineries are under 50,000 cases. We actually become a pretty big brand, but it has been a grind. One, the vast majority of people in the industry are, it's male dominated, both at the distributor level is who sells your wine. And then most of the suppliers are men. Our largest distributor actually said of the 13,000 SKUs in their book, I'm the only female in business. Oh my which God. Which is shocking. Wow. Right? wow. And you can't believe that in this day and age, that's the reality. But that is I actually think, you know, one, our nimbleness has served us well. But to be bringing that female perspective to the category, I think really helped catapult us because one, coming as an, in as an industry outsider, I didn't have preconceived notions of like, this is how it should be done. Mm. I, I had no freaking clue what you were supposed to do. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I look back now and I, when I flew home from France, I'm like, okay, I have wine on the water. And I start calling distributors like, hi, you know, I took this leap. I moved to France. And I like tell my story and they're like, that's nice click because you you had one wine (laughs) at the time and so i'm so grateful to be at this stage but also i realize partly you know everyone loves sort of the underdog the david and goliath type thing and so i think there are a lot of people that are rooting for us as a young brand i think being a female and bringing the perspective to the category is so um useful in this day and age but i'm not gonna lie it's been a grind because as you know a lot of people know it's so hard to raise capital Mm -hmm. in this day and age period if you're not a tech company um yeah it's like you hear oh they raised 50 million 100 million and that's just it's not the reality for businesses outside of tech and biotech and uh women only get 2.7 percent of capital comparative to 
their male counterparts. Oh my God. And so when you think about how little funding goes, so it's very proud of what we've built, but it's hard because you're fighting that fight. And you know, I think sometimes it's like you have to learn to diffuse the no. It's like act confident, even if you're shaking in your shoes and yeah. really having that audacity to believe because yeah. you're going to get told no time and again. And it's like, oh, you're never going to make it because when you look at the big brands like a Chandon or, I mean, uh, Vouv and Moet are totally different things, but it's like you look at a lot of these big companies like Lamarca and Chandon that are so well capitalized. It's like, how do you ever make it comparatively? But it's exciting to you know, just see what's possible and that you know, when you have fans like Leslie that introduced to less people, it's like really um, story sell. People want authenticity. Yep. They want to like discover. They like to support the brands that are you know, really building it and um, stand for something ultimately, right? And it's just not a marketing campaign. Right. Well, your message on your website is beautiful and you talk a lot about this and I appreciate it. And so obviously, um, because I'm friends with Leslie, she made me a fan, but I was at a restaurant just down the street from here, Beverly Boulevard called Granville. And I was looking through the wine menu, as I do at lunchtime. (laughs) And and I saw Le Grand Cartage. And honestly, it was a day I was just with my husband, we weren't celebrating anything. I didn't know if I was going to even have an alcoholic beverage. I was just browsing. And I saw Le Grand Cartage. And I said, I'm ordering this bring it to me now. So it is very interesting that you have created, even if it's not as large as what you're talking about yet, you have created something that is influencer, word of mouth. Influencer Leslie tells me that I'm like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed because she's brought it over multiple times. I've bought it multiple times. So then when I see it on a menu, I get obsessed because I'm like, I know this is vegan. I know this is on the healthier side. I know this is bubbly and delicious. And you know, it's a really good company that you're supporting. Exactly. And so, I mean, so many times when you open a wine list, you're like, I don't know what any of this Mm -hmm. is. Exactly. You blindly pick. Right. But it's so nice to know the the story Mm -hmm. and the woman behind this brand. And I think it's what really sets you apart from so many others. I don't know who makes Boob. I don't know who makes Whispering Mm -hmm. Angel. Mm -hmm. I don't know who makes any of these things. Mm -hmm. But I know you and I know your story. And so it's just so beautiful to get to support your friends. It starts so small and it's like, okay, it's like you sell one bottle and two and then it like gets traction. It is amazing. And, you know, now being in the consumer packaged goods category and you just look at other, like you mentioned the uh, Miyoko's. Yum. Uh, yum. The she and I know, is. I know her um, personally. And it's like you just look at pe- what people create, and you're like, this is somebody's dream, and they mm-hmm. took a huge risk. And it's it's hard being an entrepreneur, and you know, you don't know if it's going to succeed. Will people like it? And you could have the best product, and you just get told no so much, and then you run out of capital, and there's only so much bandwidth. So it's amazing to watch sort of that life cycle of brands' infancy to maturity. And in the alcohol business, unlike a lot of consumer goods, what's interesting is after prohibition, they call it the three-tier system. I must sell to a distributor. They have to sell to a restaurant and retailer. And then it gets sold to the consumer. And Mm. so it's so removed of who our consumer is is three stages away. And I constantly joke, I'm like, okay, take off your SOM hat. Think about the fact that it's typically older men that are often making the decisions as to what's going on the shelf. And it's like, look, who's your core consumer and understanding what consumers want and what resonates. And, but you're just kind of lost in the shuffle because there's so many massive brands. I mean, anything you buy, there's 300,000 wines or something like that on the market. It's staggering. And you walk into a supermarket and you're like, oh, I know this one, this one, this one. And I think that's what's the beauty of walking into a small store and, you know, sort of supporting a local retailer that they can hand sell and introduce you to so many amazing things that you might not otherwise know anything about. You don't know the story. You don't know where it comes from or anything like that. Mm -hmm. What drives you? That's a good question. Um, I think bringing people together, that sense of connection. I think that it's our most human quality. And I think my small town upbringing really helped to fuel that. And while I am by no means a small town girl, it's like I like the city life. (laughs) But I appreciate having like those simple, simple things. And so it's kind of that return to kind of the old and frankly, so much of the European spirit that exists where it's like spending time at the table and appreciating the fruits of life. And I really love to 
like create and be creative. And it's like if you can help to sort of influence. And I think um, as an entrepreneur and when you're building something, you have an opportunity to share your product, of course. But I also think that gives you a platform to ultimately help to educate and mentor and bring um, other like where I'm the stage that I'm at now. I'm hoping to help other female entrepreneurs of like, hey, it's brutal. And what you don't know what you don't know. And then you get there and you're like, holy shit, I had no idea. Right. Sorry. I swear. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> and you just don't know all the things from like supply chains and currency resets and agricultural issues where it's like it was the 30 year low in grape harvest in Burgundy. And so how do you contend with that? And so just the multitude of things that get thrown at you. And so it's nice to ultimately, I belong to a mastermind now. And I think that that's been phenomenally helpful of personally, like giving some insights and perspective and make it seem easier, but then kind of that paying it forward. And so I'm really hoping at this stage of how you can help others to up level anticipate the pain points work through the pain points faster and like how we can each help each other along the journey toward success too it makes me so happy i mean every woman in america should be buying this brand to support another strong beautiful woman who's giving back and this baby steps i think when you first when you start something you're like you have these grandiose ideas of what you want it to look like and i think so often it's like Um, companies don't spend enough time on culture, value, mission, and what really matters. And when you're in survival mode and you're like, I'm just trying to keep the doors open, it's hard to be so lofty and think about that next step. But if you keep that vision, and I say, if you don't define the destination and the goal, it's hard to put together the roadmap to get there. And so I think it's constantly coming back to what's brand, what's your culture, value, mission. It's like, okay, along that path, like how can you you know, carve out little bits of time to do more and ultimately create a life and a business that you're proud of and that you love. And it's it's hard, you know, I think we all get, life gets in the way, right? <laughs> I'm sure you guys relate and you just get pulled in lots of different directions. What advice would you give to someone listening right now who's like, I am doing this, I want to do this, I'm on my way. What would you tell them? Whether it's wine or anything else, whatever your passion is, I, being a type A perfectionist... Um, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no idea. I was, Allison can't relate at all. What is that? All. <laughs> I was so worried about looking bad. I didn't want to look stupid. And This is why I drink. I didn't want to look foolish. It was already... It was, took a big risk moving to France, but I, I kept too much internal and with versus sharing early. So I think finding another person in the industry that can be a mentor and help like ask people want to help right and I did not do that soon enough joining a mastermind or helping getting a group of entrepreneurs that you can relate with and banter back and forth I think is so helpful because you realize you're not alone some days I think entrepreneurship will make you feel utterly crazy uh, schizophrenic about a year ago I read an article one was being the CEO is the loneliest job and Uh two um, are you clinically depressed or just an entrepreneur Anchor Fast Company, right? It was amazing. You're like, oh my God, it's not just me. And I'm the rose colored glasses, like, you know, super optimistic, but it it will test your metal. And, you know, whether you're doing something at a small scale or a large scale, it's like there's 500,000 businesses started each month in the US. Wow. And I've seen statistics that 80 to 90% will fail. Within the first five years, 50% will unequivocally fail. And you just think how daunting that is. And in the U.S., we don't applaud failure. We make it kind of the dirty word. It's like failure is part of the process. It's the journey. And if you don't fail, you're never going to get ahead. And I think personally that we need to stop celebrating that you know it's there's no meteoric overnight successes it is an ugly path to getting there and beautiful it's part of the journey but there's a lot that i think goes unnoticed and i think it's so important that we start being more real so that people oh i don't have that in me or i don't want to go because you think about all the time money energy that gets wasted with all these businesses going under so i think if you can sort of illuminate a lot of these pain points and the realities that it will help a lot of people in the process. I love that because I feel like the failures are what are going to lead you to your passion. Mm -hmm. Because I always feel like when I talk to entrepreneurs, a lot of them are not doing it for necessarily the Mm -hmm. right reasons. Mm -hmm. And they will always fail Mm -hmm. 100% of the time. And but I think the more you continue to fail, the more that I continue to fail in my life really got me to a place Mm -hmm. of like, 
who am I and what do I truly want? Mm -hmm. And we can be honest with yourself about that and build something off of that. That's when the magic happens. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I could never have gotten to where I am today without all of the failures that I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. So I love that you want to highlight that in people. And it's clearing out the things that you're not going to do in mm-hmm. life. And isn't, yeah. doesn't that make it easier to find what you are going to do in yes. life? <laughs> well, and I think we, you're, you so want to be great at everything, but it's like you can't. It's like we all have our fortes and it's like oh, yeah. coming to the reality of like, what are you good at? Some things maybe you're good at, but you don't love it. And if your heart's not in it, you're never going to be as successful. And I've always said like, do what you love and the money will follow. And that maybe sounds cliche or a lot of people don't agree. And it's worked out. Well, for me, but I, I hope think, it's not cliche because I say the same thing. <laughs> I'm right. like, that's my everyday mantra, people. Yeah. Cheers well, to that. that right? <laughs> you just got to, you know, ultimately, I think tenacity and hard work get you very far because I think a lot of people just aren't willing to put in the time and they think that it's easy, right? And I think just being much more vulnerable. And I think my older self is, I finally come into that. I think the younger self, you care too much what people thought. And so then it's like, okay, sharing that because you, I think, help yourself a little bit in the Mm -hmm. process. And you certainly help a lot of other people just realize like, oh, this is the gross reality of, of it all. And it's okay. And it's the most human part of us, right? When we can actually be open about things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you guys. Like failure has always been my opportunity to see what's not working so that I can Mm -hmm. succeed. And when I've been more vulnerable, whether it was on the podcast, in person, in business, it doesn't matter. It's always led me to something greater. Mm -hmm. And so the more vulnerable that we are, the more space I personally believe opens up in the universe for us to succeed. Sometimes it might just be in a personal relationship. Sometimes it might be in business. It doesn't matter. The point is, the more honest we are with ourselves, Mm -hmm. the more honest that the universe can be with us and be like, all right, here's what we have planned for you. And Mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's a reciprocal relationship. Like the more gratitude we have, the more honest we are, the more vulnerable we are, the more we stand in our truth, the more we participate as a person in our own lives being this is who I am and I don't give a fuck like <laughs> then unapologetically, unapologetically yeah. we are ourselves mm-hmm. yeah thanks Leslie yes. unequivocally I think it's so important to get get to that place but it's hard right it's because society ends up being so much of a reflection but I call it the uh, the three f words fear failure and fraud um. and I think we so many of us live it in fears like am I good enough am I going to be able to raise capital do I have what it takes to build this Uh, do I know everything I need to know to like take it to the next level and I think um, so often with businesses I think it's every 6 12 18 months certainly you have to become a different owner CEO manager whatever because especially in rapid growth it's constantly changing and the world is changing so quickly at such an unprecedented rate with yeah. technology and everything else it's like so you know, we were joking about social media earlier of course and it's like all the things that like didn't even exist five years ago yeah. and you're like okay now I got to become an expert yes, in that now right? I have to worry about right. how many likes I'm getting right. and how many comments I'm getting <laughs> how many followers is my have. photo and this picture good enough mm-hmm. I went back through my Instagram once and I went to I have over 2200 or something photos on there now and I went back to the first ones and I was like oh my god life was so much simpler Mm -hmm. I could take like a ridiculously terrible picture of a beautiful sunset and that was what I shared or a silly picture (laughs) of my dog and it didn't have to be this beautifully composed Mm -hmm. post you mean it didn't have to be taken on in portrait mode on the iphone (laughs) no but they did remember all the fun filters that you were doing when instagram first came out that we don't do anymore and all like the borders yes Mm -hmm. but but half my photos are borders yes Yes. (laughs) the point being is that it's become it's such a strange medium because at Mm -hmm. least like on the blog and when i was writing on my website things lasted forever Mm -hmm. and they could constantly be linked to Whereas this like so fast social media mm-hmm. day, I mean, I put a lot of effort, mm-hmm. a photo shoot, a beautifully worded piece of advice or a conversation I want to have like with people. It's like your micro blog. I put yeah. the whole thing together and then that's it. Like, it may five hours may, later, what next? <laughs> right. It may or may not even get into mm-hmm. my followers' mm-hmm. and feeds. And then if it does, mm-hmm. they'll see it. They might appreciate it, but then it's gone. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, it's so fleeting. It's so strange. So I love the fact that you're producing something real and you're producing something that brings people together and that's tangible and emotional. Mm-hmm. And maybe I've had too much rosé as I'm saying all these beautiful <laughs> things. But it's, it's 100% true. It's why I love food for mm-hmm. all of the same mm-hmm. reasons. It's yeah. why I love cooking. Because for me, it's just getting people to put down their social media to put down their phones to put down their lives mm-hmm. and connect with each other mm-hmm. that's what italy is about mm-hmm. yeah. for the yeah. retreat and bringing people there and wine is such a beautiful partner with mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. so i i'm so happy that i know you like and i'm so poetry, happy right? that you make beautiful <laughs> it's a bottle of poetry i'm so glad that you make beautiful wine because when i first met you and i heard all these wonderful things about you i was like please make this be good please make this be good <laughs> and when it was i was just overjoyed i was so excited it's a journey no doubt and it's just such a pleasure to be able to meet so many amazing people along the path and you know sometimes you have a five minute conversation that's it you'll never see them again and then others you develop friendships and business relationships and it's just great to be that connector ultimately and yeah yeah with both food and wine and I think with your comment about social media it's so interesting because it these perfect oh the perfect vacation the perfect meal the like I went to this amazing restaurant and it creates sort of this imposter syndrome or where people just so worry that that's like oh I don't have that but it's like you know what you can create these beautiful things without a lot of money a lot of time and just take the time in your own backyard or go to the beach and things like that and I think uh, it's unfortunate that we've created this amplified version of what life is with so much social media it's like you know what it took 15 takes or this is they did one photo shoot and made it look um, different and they've you know recycled photos for 30 different times and it's like you know what a lot of those people their life is not over the top either and I think it's regardless of whether you know real fake or whatever so often it's just like you know what you know, elevating the everyday, right? It's just, totally. you know, like you've got this beautiful plate of fruit and it's like, you know what? Fruit, wine, baguette, and cheese, that's all, all you really need in life, right? That's all not I right, need. Right? I'm <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> More times than not, that is my dinner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ours too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tanya, where can everyone find you online? Drink your organic champagne, your organic rosé, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find us at legrandcortage.com, which is... L-E, then Grand, G-R-A-N-D, and Cortage, C-O-U-R-T-A-G-E.com. Same for Instagram, Facebook, etc. And then we have our new Tre Chic, which is T-R-E-S-C-H-I-C. So find us. We have a fun Instagram feed, and uh, just ultimately it's about yeah, celebrating yeah, life. So check us out. And uh, you can buy us nationally. We're in 44 states and online we um, sell as well so fantastic on the website yeah fantastic i will be following them all i'm so excited and leslie thanks for co-hosting where can everyone find you online oh my gosh a joy a joy to co-host especially on a day that we're drinking delicious rosé i know well you brought us tanya so it's perfect (laughs) (laughs) for for those of you wherever you are it's it's a hot hot summer day in la so we're enjoying the rosé yes we (laughs) are as cold as it can be Um, you can find me ever at lesliedurso.com as well as Leslie Durso on all of the social medias. And I look forward to connecting and make sure that you comment on all of my posts featuring Le Grand Cartage and Trey Chic because I've done a bunch of pairings yes. and a lot of fun photo shoots with their wine because I really do. I, I am a fan first and foremost. And, it's and so I didn't nice. even pair. No. <laughs> I was like, just send me a bottle so I can have it in the picture. I swear. Um, and um, no, I'm a fan. And that's how all the brands that I work with. It's because I'm a fan mm-hmm. first. And if someone wants to pay me, great. But it's because I'm a fan of yep. the product. Yep. yep. 100%. All right. Thanks, everyone. If you want to come on our Food Heals Vegan Italian Getaway with Leslie and I, and we're going to partner with Le Grand Cartage. Tanya doesn't know it yet. <laughs> But we're going to figure out how to do that. Go to www. So okay. <laughs> yes. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Go to foodhealsnation.com. Click on Italy. Thanks, everyone. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately.